You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hi and welcome to another episode of Faith and Fostering. It's Terry with you and today we have Alice down in Tasmania who we're chatting with. Alice, I don't know that much about you. I have seen, um, yeah, some of the stuff that you share on Insta and I know that you've got um, a couple of bio kids and you've got a property down in Tassie and um, doing all sorts of fun and lovely things. But you um, have recently started the journey on foster care, into foster care. And um, so, yeah, for myself and for our listeners, I thought it'd be great if you just spend a bit of time telling us a little bit about what your family looks like at the moment and then the why and how you, you kind of journeyed into foster care. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been married to my husband, Matthew, for uh, about six and a half years. Um, and we have two girls who are four and uh, nearly three. Um, yeah, and we've, we've both were um, born in Tassie and love living here. And um, yeah, bought a property um, just when we got married and have been built our house and then setting up um, all the garden and everything, which has been, yeah, great fun. We've um, really enjoyed doing that. Um, and we started our foster foster care journey um, before our youngest was born, but it was a bit of a process because we were building our house and because I was pregnant. So it took um, about 18 months, but that was fine because that, it suited us at the time to just do everything slowly and the assessments got done slowly. Um, and then we got approved in um, March of last year. And within a week, we had our first uh, placement. Wow. So um, it was a little boy who had been um, potentially going to, we were going to do respite for him, but then he suddenly needed someone um, just for a, about a week, I think it was, while his carer was in hospital. So, yeah, so we sort of, as soon as we were um, certified, it was, um, yeah, it was happening. <laughs> so it was good. It was yeah. a great first week and, um yeah, and so we've been doing respite for him ever since, so for nearly 18 months now. Um, yeah, oh, so that was a great amazing. little um, introduction to, to foster care. Yeah, and what sort of started the journey of thinking about foster care when your family was still so young? Um, I think when I was younger, I think I always thought one day I'll adopt or foster. Um, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know people who were adopted. Um, one of my mum's friends did some fostering, but I hadn't ever talked to her about it. I just saw her with the little kids sometimes. Um, but I just thought that, yeah, like I'll just do it one day. Um, but it definitely wasn't something on my mind um, as I like went through school and stuff. It was just something in the back of my head. And I didn't even talk to my husband about it before we got married. I just assumed that it was something we would probably do. Um, so when I brought it up with him when our youngest was, yeah, was about one, I mean our oldest was about one, he was like, oh, maybe one day. And I said, oh, well, not now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a bit of a process as well for him to, um, yeah, come around to the idea of doing it when the kids were young. Um, and so that we decided just to start with respite um, first so that we were not, um, yeah, spending a lot of our young kids time um doing it but um yeah and I think yeah the more I looked into it um I just really felt like it was something that um that I was called to do and yeah there was sort of a moment when I was reading through the bible and I just had that moment of yeah we need to care for the vulnerable and although there's lots of ways to do that 
um, definitely fostering was at the top of my list of the ways that I felt I could do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that is quite amazing. Um, and just great that it's kind of was, yeah, sitting there and, yeah, you knew how to journey it forward, I guess, to bring it to the point of, okay, we're filling in paperwork. Along that journey, did you meet anybody else or talk to anybody or read anything that you thought, yes, this is what I want to know about? Uh, yeah, I think I, I'd mentioned it to one of my friends um, who has some adopted cousins and, and things and and she was organising our church conference at the time and she said, oh, actually there's going to be a lady um, has is going to have a stall at our church conference. You should probably talk to her. And it's um, Mary from Fostering Hope, who I know that you've had on the podcast yeah. before. Um, yeah, so I got in touch with her. So she was my first point of contact um, when we looked into oh, the great. journey. We didn't go to like go to um, agencies or anything first. She was sort of the first person, um, which was great because we have the whole Fostering Hope community um, in Hobart in Tassie. And, yeah, so it, it, I was a part of that well before we were doing training or anything else, um, which was great to just That's get to know so um, the other people doing it. Yeah. It is, we found it's a really nice way to lean in when you get to lean in with people who are already doing it as your first kind of introduction. It just, yeah, it's, I think it sets you up well to understand this is what I'm walking into because we all have different ideas and what we think it is or expectations. So being able to, yeah, meet people who are in flesh and blood and doing it, it's invaluable. Yeah, definitely. And just that, you know, a lot of people who are not in the foster care community don't understand it because there's so much of it to understand. So to be able to have that glimpse into it before we started and um, to be in group chats with all these ladies and, yeah, to see the things that they struggle with, see the things that they're dealing with, see the things they need help with and they need prayer for, um, yeah, just gives, gives you a real insight into what it's going to be like. Um, yeah, so that was, yeah, it's been great to be a part of that community. Yeah, so good and so supportive. Yeah. Definitely. What were some of, um, yeah, some of the fears that you had, I guess, coming in and then some of the things that you found helpful knowing before you stepped in? I don't know if I had a lot of fears about it. I think um, maybe naively I just sort of thought, well, we just need to love on these kids. (laughs) Um, My husband was a little bit concerned about um, the impact it would have on our girls. Um, being that they were young Um, but he was yeah he was willing to you know take it one step at a time and see how it went Um, yeah so on that side of things not too much um, was really concerning Um, and the things I found helpful we did some training and things but um, I mean the training's pretty short and it only like I think we did a two-day training and and it tries to cover so many things that it was it was a lot of information, but also felt like a, yeah, not that much in the end, kind of. Um, yes. <laughs> so so I think more more helpful I found was um, I did a lot of of my own research um, and like I found online classes on trauma and I listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books. Um, yeah, and I think that helped me um, more. Uh, and also I followed a lot of Instagram accounts of various people, so whether it was foster mums or um, biological mums who had had their kids removed or kids who had been in care. And most of these are American, but some of them are Australian. Yeah. Um, and that was really helpful. That gave me such good insight, um, yeah, just from, from all different aspects of, of um, the whole bubble of um, foster care. 
And so I think that was, yeah, all of that was a lot more helpful than the actual training that the agency provided, which is just because there's so much to learn. So you can't learn it all in two days. No, you do have to, yeah, choose the places where you're going to deep dive um, into more, don't you, um, to yeah. yeah learn more or read more. or And it is an amazing kind of journey to, yeah, kind of saturate yourself almost with a bit of that world before you step in. Like I, like I know, you know, the challenge I would think is, say, for a kin placement or where you're kind of on the back foot, like something's just happening within your family or the circle of people that you know and you're kind of just thrown in and suddenly. But whereas when you have the intention to step in and you can do the preparation, like it does set you up in a different space to, yeah, welcome little people into your home. So it is, there's a variety of ways, isn't there, that you can, yeah end up in the space and it is nice to be able to come in with info even though it's kind of like when you get married or you don't really know what marriage is until you're married even though you can read the books and same with parenting yeah. and it's a little bit yeah. like that with foster care like you do as much as you can and then you just go oh wow wild ride <laughs> <laughs> that's right very true yeah that's so good so you um were saying so you've had a little one how old is the little one that's coming to you for respite because he's pretty little isn't he uh yeah so we had um he's been coming since March last year and he he was just nearly one when he first came and so now he's two um so he's only a bit younger than our daughter about six months younger than our daughter um so when they're together they get they either get on really well because they're the same age and <laughs> into the same things or they just argue about everything um but generally they have a yeah. really sweet relationship so that's really nice um yeah, so, yeah, we we decided just to do respite. Um, but then in December last year we got a call um, and it was just after Christmas and they said, oh, we just we just need someone to take on a, I think it was about eight months or about that at the time. Um, and they said, we know you're not taking, you know, full-time placements, but because of the time of year there's so many people away and, you know, we're just wondering if you'll take him. And I was surprised because my husband immediately said, yeah, that's fine. And I thought, oh, wow, I thought, I, you know, I would be the one who would say yes and you would be like a bit hesitant. Um, yeah, so he came, you know, on the same day as they do. Um, and we had him for about three months over summer. Um, so, yeah, that was our first kind of full-time, um, our introduction to full-time. Um, and yeah. then he, he went home and then unfortunately he came back into care in, um, in June and they asked us again, if we would take him, even though I'm about 20 weeks pregnant and we had said we wouldn't take any while we were pregnant. But <laughs> because, again, because it was the same yeah. boy and we love him, we thought, yeah, no, of course we'll take him. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so he's wow. back in our care now. Yeah. Okay. And how are you finding that, Alice? How are you navigating all of that? Um, it's been pretty tricky. Um yeah, and just I think because it's been over winter, of course, it's just been a cold after cold and kids don't sleep well when they're yeah. sick. And so, um, yeah, so it's been, it's, been, um, it's been tricky but it's been good and I'm glad that we were able to take him and, um, yeah, and put things in place like we're going to get him in daycare a couple of days a week um, and we'll get some respite as well um, once a month just to help kind of um is is it all out a little bit um yes yeah yeah yes and that is that is the roller coaster isn't it so it's not just there are just so many unknowns there are so many things that are changing 
as you kind of put this yes on the table and I, I was listening to something yesterday even and it's just this thing of you don't know where that yes is going to take you or what pressure it's going to put on you but it's kind of like you can say yes to God and then trust him with whatever that is going to bring into your life that he is going to give you what you need to be able to do the things and step through um, those places but are you still doing respite while having the placement and then you're two little ones and being pregnant yes so we yeah so we still and originally he they just said oh he only needs somewhere for two weeks but of course and we said yes and of course we thought will it only be two weeks and that that changed (laughs) um yeah so we still do the respite as well so when we have um both of them it's yes four four and four four and under and pregnant as well um and we did have our respite we had agreed um before we had the extra little one come in to do a five-day respite um just because his care needed you know an extra little holiday and we said, yeah, that was fine. But five days with all four of them was very intense. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought, not surprised. Like, you know, you, there's just there's so many things you can, you're still able to do when you just put your mind to it and you just trust God for his strength for those. It, we're like, it's only five days. We can get through it. <laughs> yeah. And what did you let go of in those five days? If you can remember, if you've got any clarity over that kind of season now when you look back, what did you kind of go, okay, I'm letting go of A, B and C so that we can just do, you know, E, D and F. (laughs) Definitely just not worrying too much about meals and just having simple meals. And um, I do love a very clean house, which I don't know why I still hang on to that with young children (laughs) and foster kids, (laughs) but just went, all right, we're just not going to back in for five days we'll just leave it (laughs) um yeah yeah, and just and you know because then when before um the little one came into our care my two girls don't nap and so we can just do things at whatever time of want of the day we want whereas when we have both of them they both still have naps and so that you know it changes your schedule a lot so we just said all right we're just going to have five days at home thankfully there was some sunny days so we're outside and just yeah just kind of kept it as as simple as possible (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. And when you look back on, um, I mean, obviously you're still really in that time, but what are some of the things that you and your husband have kind of sat down at the end of the day and gone, oh man, like, what are you, what are you talking about? What are those kind of conversations look like? Like, are we crazy or I'm going to bed? I don't want to talk to you. Like what, what does that sort of look like? Uh, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to bed. It's bedtime. Even if it's only seven 30, <laughs> they're all asleep. So Amen. let's go to bed. <laughs> um, yeah. and just the funny thing of like when we had, when we first, when the little one first came into our care and, and we had him full time, um, since June, you know, it was like, wow, three kids is hard. And then after the five days of having four, the next day we went, oh, three kids isn't so bad. <laughs> Suddenly it was like easy. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And just still just keeping everything simple. I do like to try and do a lot and I just keep having to say like I just I forget that I'm pregnant and then I go, no, I need to remember that I'm pregnant as well and I need to just just stay calm and not try and do too many things because – it's not going to help anyone if I get burnt out now. And so, um, yeah, just trying yeah. to keep, keep things simple. Yeah. And what are some of the things that um, help you in the day, like help you do what you need to do or help give you like little energy bursts to know what you need to do next? Um, I do like having lists and things. So I like having um, a list. And one of the things I've recently done is just 
I used to just have a big list of things, whereas now I put like the top three things that I need to do. And so if I only get those three things done, that's great. That's all I need to get done. And then I might have the three easy things I can do, which is just, you know, throw on a load of washing. And it just makes me feel accomplished to just get one yeah. thing ticked off. That Even though it's so small, it's just ticked off. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, so that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to um, keep things simple with our girls as well and um, and say yes to them when they ask for things that I might not want to do, even if it's just colouring but of course they end up especially the youngest ends up colouring all over herself and like and just going it's fine she can have a bath (laughs) later it doesn't matter um and also yeah one thing that I um really try and do is get out in the sun a lot I I don't like it's so cold in winter in Tassie um but if there's any sun I just like drop everything everyone outside on the deck let's get some sun (laughs) because it makes and and being outside just the fresh air um, makes a huge difference to everyone's behaviour and to my mental health of feeling overwhelmed. You get outside for a few minutes even and it's amazing how much you can turn a day around. Yeah, that is so good. And, I mean, yeah, even in that reading of, you know, what regulates our bodies mm. and, you know, movement and being outdoors, all those things are really helping us gain perspective my husband and I have been talking a little bit lately about perspective, how we get it, how we don't kind of get bogged down in the weeds of the mm-hmm. we have to do this, we have to do this because I'm definitely task focused. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can find myself hitting like kind of, yeah, end of the world stakes and it's so small in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So fighting for perspective and, yeah, again, that comes back to me getting enough space um, in the busyness of the day to get some perspective, which feels challenging but is worthwhile. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I've had, I, I think I must have read it somewhere recently, but that there's so many things that we have to do as parents that it can feel like, oh, we have to change another nappy. We have to, you know, do another load of washing because somebody wet the bed. We have to do this. Um, and just changing that perspective of going, we get to do this for our kids. We get to care for them in this time. We get to be the one who yes, they have a tantrum and they only want us, but we get to be that safe person for them. And it's not always, I don't always remember that, but when I do, it does make a difference. It just changes it around to go, yeah, like this is, it's a privilege to raise these kids and a privilege to um, be serving God in the way that we raise them. And um, yeah, and just keeping that perspective as well. Yeah. And what do you think um, stepping into these, sort of challenges in this space has done for your faith and your reflection on your relationship with the Lord? Um, I think definitely I, I um, haven't had to rely on God's strength a lot, I don't think, in my life. And and I do feel like I can do things by myself. And foster care has definitely made me, um, well, even parenting, but foster care um, has, yeah, made me have to rely on God for his, um, his strength and um, yeah, just be trusting in him to give me what I need to get through each day. And what does that look like? Like how do you, is it kind of like arrow fire prayers or what does it look like in those moments where you just think, oh, God, I'm out of me? Um, yeah, and def- yeah, praying and definitely just trying to read the Bible even in the midst of the kids, you know, trashing the lounge room or something, but just going, no, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is more important. Um, yeah. And so trying to, yeah, be doing that as often as possible. Um, 
and and setting that example for the kids as well and like often if I get my bible out one or both of the girls will be like oh where's my bible and they'll want to get their bibles and sit on the couch and read their bible as well um yeah Yeah. so just and keeping that in in yeah in my mind that um everything that we're doing they are watching and that speaks more to them than what I actually say yes yeah so good to keep that in mind We hope you enjoyed part one of this Faith in Fostering podcast. You can tune in for part two next week. And in the meantime, let's remember, every child deserves a family. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith in Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.